It's the Pete Callender Show. With more than 20 years as a reporter and radio host in North Carolina, Pete Callender is helping solve the world's problems one podcast at a time. Because he's a giver. And now, here's Pete. What is going on? Welcome to the show. Thanks so much for listening. I appreciate it. Remember, subscribe to the program just by going to thepetecalendarshow.com. Click the subscribe button, and then you get the podcast delivered right to your smartphone or tablet every single day. And uh, also, if you go to the website, thepetecalendarshow.com, you will see at the top there a couple of links to become a patron. Uh, For example, like Lisa and Jim and John and Becky and David, Ray, Lori, Rick, Ben, Tammy, Ann, and Gregory all did. They became patrons. They get exclusive content. And by the way, there's also a link there for the marketplace where you can get the newly created T-shirts. I mentioned these yesterday on the show. <laughs> That's, uh, well, it just says vaccinated uh, up top. It's on the front of this shirt. It says vaccinated in big letters. And then underneath it says, not that it's any of your business. Uh, I just figured, you know, it's a way to communicate that I am not a threat to you in your terrified state. Uh, I'm vaccinated. So leave me the hell alone. So, uh, you know, it's better than a passport. I think the vaxport, the vaccine passport. <clears throat> so, uh, three years, after many Triangle business sources said that a deal had been done. This is in the Triangle of North Carolina, by the way. Uh, Apple, the computer company, said that it's going to be adding a really big campus in the Wake County side of the Research Triangle Park area, the RTP. It's going to entail a $1 billion investment and lead to 3,000 jobs over the next decade. Even in a pandemic, North Carolina has been on a run with 10 companies and thousands of new jobs in both rural and urban North Carolina announced within just the last two months. Well, it's about to be 11, and this may be the biggest of all. I'm proud to announce that Apple will build its first entirely new campus and engineering hub in the United States in more than 20 years right here in the Research Triangle Park. Please clap. Okay, so this was the announcement uh, that uh, that's Governor Roy Cooper. He was joined by legislative leaders and the Commerce Secretary. I've got a bunch of audio and Look, I like the idea that you're celebrating, you know, a major business, the biggest corporation in the world, you know, going to be building a big uh, facility in North Carolina. Fantastic. Not so big of a fan of the incentives. So I don't like the deal because it's an incentives deal. And I understand why they do it. I understand why they play the game. I still don't like the game. And I still am critical of every government, whether Republican or Democrat, uh, every official that uh, that signs on to this extortion game. These are not, you know, uh, infant industries. These are well-established industries. And uh, that's a reference, by the way, to like the founding fathers debate about tariffs and this, you know, the idea that you want to protect so-called infant industries from uh, global competition when needed. But generally speaking, you shouldn't be doing it. And states shouldn't be playing this game. So I've been opposed to these things for 20 years, um, ever since I kind of figured out when I started covering local governments and saw the racket that these things are. 
I've been opposed to them. Uh, again, I understand why elected officials do them. And the big press conference was a big reason why. It was a big reason why. Now, I find there to be less of a defense for Republicans to engage in this. I mean, just frankly, just for political survival reasons. I'll get into that uh, in a bit. So first, some of the details. And this comes to us from uh, Rick Smith at, I believe this is WRAL. Uh, yeah, <clears throat> WRAL's tech wire, they call it. So the it's a million square foot building. It's going to be more than 3,000 new jobs. There's like, I think, 1,100 Apple employees in the state already. Uh, and so this is going to add another 3,000 to the Wake County area, Research Triangle Park. Jobs are going to be offered in machine learning, artificial intelligence, software engineering, and other cutting-edge industries, and will eventually pay a minimum average salary of $187,000. So that's like entry-level podcaster money right there. <clears throat> Apple says it's going to invest more than $1 billion in the state, and in addition to the new campus, the company is creating two slush, I mean, uh, funds, just fund, they're two funds. They're making two funds. One is going to invest $100 million to support schools and community initiatives in the triangle. And another is going to put $110 million towards infrastructure in 80 counties in North Carolina. So, like, what, like $1.5 million per county on average or so? Anyway, those are the deals, uh, the, the terms of the deal in broad strokes. Um let me see here. Two years ago, this is again WRAL. Two years ago, the RTP region was in the running for the $900 million campus, uh, the HQ2 project. Remember that? There was like, oh, are we going to get it? Are we not going to get it? And then we didn't get it. Austin got it. While the triangle lost out on these high profile projects, local leaders remained hopeful that they would still one day attract Apple as land was acquired back in December of 2018 in the southern portion of RTP by a firm affiliated with Apple. Leases also were reportedly signed for office space to be used until a new campus was designed, approved by local governments, and built. And North Carolina's Department of Commerce insisted that the Apple campus remained a possibility. Governor Cooper once described the Apple project as, quote, open and open recruiting situations, what he called it. The addition of Apple further strengthens the triangle as one of the country's leading high-tech and life science hubs. The Raleigh-Durham Metro is already home to IBM's largest campus, um, the Raleigh-based Red Hat, which is also part of IBM, and uh, other high-profile firms like Lenovo, which makes uh, uh, supercomputers, and Cree, and Oracle, and Cisco, and NetApp, and Google is planning a new engineering hub, and Microsoft is adding hundreds of jobs in the triangle. The region ha also has landed several significant life science investments for biomanufacturing, and it ranks among the top five hubs nationally. Okay, so that's all of the, um, that's the, the chamber press release, if you will. <laughs> that's the, <laughs> uh, that's how fantastic it all is. Um, and look, you know, Governor Cooper is out there, you know, celebrating it as this is what politicians do when they land these types of deals. Once this campus is up and running, it's expected to generate more than $1.5 billion a year in economic impact to our state. 
And I'm also pleased to announce that Apple plans to create a $100 million fund to support North Carolina schools and community initiatives across our state. The new Apple campus also plans to operate on 100% renewable energy. I am curious about that component, but also this this slush fund. I mean, well, all right. Okay, yeah, right. So what would a deal be? Right. If Cooper did not include some sort of a fund like this, that's one of his hallmarks. (laughs) He always has to have some fund that goes to the schools or to, you know, the environment or whatever. Now, as I understand it, the the Apple folks are going to be controlling this. We'll get into some of the details on that in a bit. Um, Also, uh, Cooper took the opportunity to take a swing at the GOP leadership. As Apple CEO Tim Cook told me on Saturday with this announcement, Apple is showing that they're just not creating jobs and building a new campus. They want to be a committed partner with our state for the long term. I told him that we look forward to that partnership. He also said diversity and inclusion was critical and that the repeal of HB2 and the sunset of HB142 was important in their decision making. All right, so HB2, the transgender access into the locker rooms and bathrooms bill, that one, and and uh, House Bill 142, which was the fix, the replacement bill that Cooper and the General Assembly worked on as soon as Cooper got elected and then was willing to do a fix. Remember, because he threatened his fellow Democrats, don't you dare do a fix with the Republicans to HB2 until after the election because he needed it as an election issue. So he pressured them, don't agree to any fixes. Then he got elected and then he's like, okay, now we'll do a fix. They agreed to House Bill 142 that replaced House Bill 2. And now that one has actually sunsetted as well. So Cooper takes the shot at the GOP, um, who are then asked about it in a minute. You're going to hear their answer. First, I'm going to tell you about the big savings that are available uh, at General Equipment Rental. Whether you are buying or renting, go check them out. They've got the tool that you need, okay, for whatever the project is. And maybe you're not even aware there's a specialized tool for a specific project. I was of that misguided misunderstanding when I went about uh, doing a whole bunch of crown molding in the first house that I ever purchased. And I wasn't aware that there's actually a saw (laughs) that, that you can use to make those angled cuts so it all comes together in the corners. And uh, after, you know, messing up multiple pieces of wood and using tons of caulk and paint to cover up my mistakes, I eventually, actually, I just said, you know what, I'm going to put a block. I got the blocks and I just stuck the blocks in the corner and made straight cuts. But I wasted so much time and money. If I had known about the saw and I knew where to get one at the time, this was down in Charlotte, um, then I wouldn't have had that problem. Go to General Equipment Rental in Weaverville. They're located at the intersection of Merriman Avenue and Reams Creek Road. Family owned and operated for three generations. General Equipment Rental. GeneralRents.com. Check out the website for all the deals, all the inventory. GeneralRents.com. General Equipment Rental. Think outside your toolbox. So at the announcement of the big Apple expansion in Research Triangle Park, Governor Roy Cooper takes a shot at the Republicans saying, well, I talked to the Apple CEO, Tim Cook, and he was very excited about, uh, you know, HB2 being repealed and uh, 142, House Bill 142, they're now gone. Uh, and that's, look, that is a shot at the Republicans, right? He's he's taking a shot at them while he's also 
you know, signaling to his base that this was really an important thing. And look at me. I care. Uh, this is now Travis Fain uh, from W.R.A.L., who sort of picked up the baton from Cooper, if you will. Yeah, I wonder, um, Governor, if you could speak to why now as opposed to 2018. And then for our legislative leaders, uh, the governor mentioned HB2. Uh, were there any other bills that may be pending, whether it be about voting <laughs> or just the, even if there's not a bill pending, the issue uh, or transgender bills where the company or its people made it clear, hey, don't move on that if you want us to come. So two questions. One, why now, not then? And then the other, the political side. Now, this is important. Now, I, I'll give Travis the benefit of the doubt and uh, and just assume that. He's just interested in finding out whether or not, you know, they had discussions about this other bill. And he's not trying to, like, goad the governor and Apple into attacking the Republicans. OK, so I'll just assume best of intentions here. He's just seeking the information. But this is actually a really important point, And it gets to what I what I mentioned at the outset, that I have doubts about whether it is a good idea to start recruiting or to continue recruiting these kinds of businesses precisely because of who makes up their managerial core, specifically congregants from the religion of wokeism, right? These folks who run around telling everybody that they're racist and everything is racist, they're now going to be moving en masse into North Carolina. They're continuing to move here, I should say. And by the way, the census made its announcement. We're picking up another seat because our population has grown. New York, California, like New York actually lost. They lost another congressional district, another seat, because uh, they missed it by like 89 people. They like if if think about that, if 90 people or yeah, if 90 people had just stayed in New York, then they would not have lost that seat. But because 90 or 89 people left, they did lose the seat, which I don't know. Does that count all of the people that Governor Cuomo killed or not? I'm not I'm not sure. OK, too soon. Probably too soon. OK, so Travis Fain asks this question. Is there any other legislation that Apple doesn't like? Maybe we could pressure the GOP to bail on this stuff, too. What do you think, Governor? So we have been talking with Apple about this project since 2018. And toward the end of 2018, there was an announcement of an expansion in Texas. Uh, we were initially disappointed, but Apple had purchased property here and continued to tell us that North Carolina was on the radar for something else. So we continued talking to them. There's no question that, that Apple believes strongly in diversity and inclusion and doesn't want to see those kinds of bills that you mentioned get passed. And I think we, we won't do those kinds of things in North Carolina. Uh, but I, I will say this, I, I mentioned to Speaker Moore coming in, that window closed, but a, a door opened. I believe that this project is much more transformational than the expansion we would have gotten in 2018. Uh, there is not a particular reason that I know of why Apple did not choose North Carolina in 2018. People surmise uh, that maybe it was because of diversity and inclusion issues and HB2 hangover. I don't know for sure, but <laughs> so I had a conversation <laughs> with, with Tim Cook on Saturday. He feels good about our diversity inclusion and anti-discrimination landscape 
he feels good about this project, and they are just as excited as we are to build it. I, I'd like to follow up. I'd, I'd sure. like to hear from the speaker or the pro tem of my question about whether or not the company said, hey, here's some red lights we don't want you to run if you want us to come here politically when it comes to legislation. Uh, so, Travis, I had multiple conversations with representatives of the company. That issue never came up in those conversations with me. That's the speaker. Or, uh, sorry, the uh, the uh, Senate president pro tem, Phil Berger. Now this is the speaker of the House, Tim Moore. Travis, same answer as well. In the conversations we had, there were no discussions. Uh, quite the contrary. Apple seemed to be very pleased with the business environment, the regulatory environment, the investment in education, the tax environment. Uh, of where we are in North Carolina right now. So uh, if, if they had any issues, they didn't raise them. So we're glad they're coming. So Tim Cook from Apple is, I guess, talking to Governor Cooper about these culture war policies and the landscape, the diversity and inclusion landscape. And he's he's uh, comfortable with where North Carolina is now. But nobody from Apple apparently raises any of these concerns when talking with the Republican leaders. They don't talk about the election laws and such, the Jim Crow 2.0, which you would think would come up in their discussions, given, you know, how important this has been to them. So they said, right, this has been very, very important to Apple. And they're not talking about it with the Republican leaders. I guess they just assume that the Republican leaders won't be around much longer. Is that the idea? I think that is kind of the idea, actually. See, this is the problem with Apple as a partner here, is that you're importing people that fundamentally disagree with core principles of North Carolina Republican leadership and the Republican Party and voters. So you're you're importing these people who are going to now get you out of office. You realize that, right? And and while there's this brief moment of people celebrating the Republicans and uh, their ability to work with the Democratic governor on getting this deal done, how many Republican voters do you think come as part of this package? How many conservative, limited government, liberty-loving, libertarian-type mindset people do you think come to North Carolina as part of this 3,000-strong workforce. I don't think that they're going to be right-of-center folks. I think you're importing your own destruction. I do. Now, maybe I'm wrong on that. Maybe the types of folks that are going to take all of these engineering jobs might be predisposed to lean more right than left. But working for Apple? I kind of doubt it. I do. I kind of doubt it. I assume that virtually everybody that works at these big tech companies are like leftists. That's my assumption. It's my bias. I could be completely wrong on it. But that is the image that is portrayed, particularly when the leadership comes out and says, as a corporate entity, this is who we are. And we are now going to dictate for you policy. And that's really the rub here. It's not so much as who they vote for. I don't really care about that. It's you're now going to be dictating policy. You're now going to extort North Carolina lawmakers into doing your bidding because you are so powerful. And because they don't want to anger the big corporation, just like we're seeing in Georgia. This is going to be a fight now in perpetuity. So I'm not sure this was, I don't know, again, what do I know? I'm not sure it was the best move.
but I'm against all these deals to begin with. Uh, speaking of deals, this is a great deal that I am totally for. Upgrade your mattress for free. It's a free upgrade. So you're going to get a king mattress for the price of a queen, or you can get a queen mattress for the price of a twin. It's a free upgrade at Mattress Man. Go to mattressmanstores.com. Check out the inventory. Uh, you can walk into any of their four locations, local locations in Asheville, Hendersonville, and in Arden, including their new location on Airport Road in the IHOP Shopping Center. Go check it out. Uh, tell them that you heard it here on the podcast. I appreciate that. They're an exclusive retailer of the Biltmore Collection, inspired by our local landmark, the Biltmore Estate. Uh, it's made by Restonic. Fantastic, luxurious beds. That uh, They've got all sorts of mattresses available. If you want a memory foam, if you want... That's what we have. We love our memory foam. We say it's like sleeping on a marshmallow. It's so soft, you just sink right into it. Uh, they have free local five-star delivery service, a 120-day comfort guarantee, and they ship nationwide. Remember, they've got flexible financing options as well, like no interest for two years. Experience the difference at Mattress Man. Buy local and sleep better. So as part of this massive deal with Apple, North Carolina Governor Roy Cooper says, uh, yeah, I mean, they're going to be kicking in a bunch of money to these different slush, I mean, uh, uh, funding initiatives, these pools of money. And uh, not only that, um, we're going to be giving Apple back, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars over decades, but um, they don't get any of the money back until it starts creating jobs. When Apple creates those jobs per this agreement, it has the opportunity to get tax reimbursements of up to almost $846 million over the next 39 years. Importantly, as a result of these accountable and transformational incentives. Okay, all right, that, that's the, literally the name of the incentives. That's why they call it that. That's why he keeps, and he kept hammering away at this so make sure that whenever soundbite gets used, make sure you tell the people these are recountable incentives. Apple will contribute at least $110 million to North Carolina's Industrial Development Fund that'll be available to the 80 North Carolina counties with the most need. We also know we have significant challenges to make sure that our workforce has the necessary education and training to land these great paying jobs. That means we have to come together to invest in our schools, our community colleges, and our universities. Today's announcement reminds us that research and innovation bring prosperity. North Carolina is a place where cutting edge ideas are born and everyone can find the opportunity to succeed. Okay. Well, I mean, unless I guess you're being kept down by institutionalized oppression, maybe then not. But um, this does now this does raise an interesting uh, friction point with the culture of woke uh, that has so you know corrupted academia, but also a lot of our corporations like Apple as well. But especially in these highly technical fields, like they're rooted in rationalism. Whereas wokeism is not, right? The anti-racism, critical race theory stuff that is irrationalism. There is no, that's why people don't really understand, like it doesn't make a lot of logical sense. It's because it doesn't make a lot of logical sense. That's the inherent problem with it. And that's why it attacks free market capitalism. It attacks rationalism, objectivism. It attacks these things because um, these are the direct threats to critical race theory because it espouses the belief that, you know, two plus two is four. 
right? And that is a concrete, knowable truth. And um, that's the same the problem with capitalism is that capitalism rewards things based on these, you know, these rules. And when you have that kind of permanence, it's a threat to critical race theory uh, and this relativist approach to reasoning uh, that it requires. So I am kind of curious as to how this plays out over the long term. I'm just a spectator here, like most others. Um, now, the Secretary of Commerce, Michelle Sanders, said this is a perfect example of the impact that collaboration and teamwork can have. For CEOs already doing business here, our style of collaboration needs no explanation. It's the North Carolina way. Apple first took notice of our approach some years ago, but with today's decision, you can be sure that many others will take notice too of our North Carolina way. The scope of this project is transformative for people of our state and our economy. It means new jobs, careers for many. It means an influx of people relocating. Mm -hmm. It means new partnerships and opportunity. It has a multiplier effect. It means growth for other businesses and industries as well like real estate, retail, hospitality, our small businesses, among others. I agree, by the way. I do agree that all like a big project like this is going to have massive effects in the, uh, particularly the local economy, but in the state and regional economy as well. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. You have this kind of an anchor industry that comes in. You have a lot of these sort of the cottage industry uh, businesses that pop up around it to services. This was uh, one of the arguments, by the way, around like the NASCAR Hall of Fame years ago when they built it in Charlotte, which was you got a lot of race teams that are in the area. And by, you know, creating this draw, this anchor, uh, you not only have more race teams want to be around this anchor, but also all of the businesses that service those teams, right? Like auto parts places and such and the high end performance garages and and uh, people and talent, right? People will come to the area because they're interested uh, in doing that kind of work or being in that industry. So I, I recognize all of those arguments. Those are valid arguments. The problem is, in my estimation, the problem is um, the cost of all of the new people that are coming. And that is, you know, political cost, as I mentioned, but also there's real like economic cost because residential doesn't pay for itself when you're talking about government services. Okay, it doesn't pay for itself. I'll explain more about that in a second. First, I don't need to explain to you why you need to go to Old Grouch's military surplus, right? If you are in the market for real U.S. military surplus or you want to put together a first aid kit for your go bag or your your shelter, your prepper shelter, or look, maybe you're just a hiker and you want to have a kit with some, you know, uh, some of the, the necessary supplies in case, God forbid, something happens. Like, do you have a suture kit? Do you have one? And here's another. Do you have one that you would know how to use? <laughs> Go to Old Grouch's Military Surplus. He can help you put together a kit, a first aid kit. He's also got, you know, tons of gear, uh, outdoor uh, clothing and stuff. You're going to get uh, better quality at a lower price than you find at the big box stores. Go to Old Grouch's Military Surplus, downtown Clyde. It's on Main Street. The shop is open Monday through Saturday. It's across the street from the anti-aircraft gun and at oldgrouch.com. So, there is a cost to people moving into an area, 
Okay, especially when that area uh, is going to rely a lot on the residential development. So you've got 3,000 people coming in. And so like commercial and industrial, those types of zoning uses, those are like money makers for um, uh, for local governments because they really don't require a lot of uh, police. They don't require, I mean, unless maybe like there are some retail establishments. I know like there's been studies done on uh, like big box stores and whether or not they um, they attract or they require police presence because of the, you know, the uh, shoplifting and stuff like that. But generally speaking, no, they don't require more policing. They don't require fire departments to be built, right? They don't requ- like, especially like you're going to put a big plant someplace that's not going to require sidewalks it's not going to require you know you to build a school for the industrial plant right no but the people who work there right then they have to go live in a house and those people they now require all of those government services um residential requires things like schools to be built police stations fire stations roads sewer water libraries parks right all of that stuff and that's why i oppose these kinds of incentive packages because you're essentially offloading those costs to the existing businesses the existing residents uh, which will predate the building because the people are going to start moving in to work on the project right and now you're putting pressure on the existing home sale prices and such businesses um that they're they're now paying the the costs of the growth before it occurs not to say that growth is bad. I'm not an anti-growth person. I'm opposed to the incentives. I'm opposed to taking tax money from one taxpayer and giving it to another, sometimes their competitor. I don't like the idea. Secretary Sanders uh, touted the bri- I, I mean the uh, sorry, the infrastructure fund that Apple's going to provide. Today's decision will provide new revenue to build critical infrastructure products projects in rural parts of North Carolina. Good infrastructure is the unsung hero of economic development. When a rural community lacks things like industrial grade water and sewer lines or enhanced electric capacity, it's competing for business with one hand tied behind its back. I'm pleased today to announce also means our announcement means a hundred million dollars will go into the state infrastructure fund and will help bring new prosperity to communities far beyond rtp region right so this is to spread it all around send it out to the more rural areas so they've got infrastructure so now they can woo bigger investments from different in uh industries okay so that's sort of the I, mean, I, I do. I, I look at it. I mean, yes, it's a nice thing to do, but it's kind of a bribe. <laughs> it's kind of a bribe. Why else are you doing that? Why Think about that. Why would Apple be donating $100 million to Murphy for some infrastructure project in the middle of nowhere down east? Right? Like, why? why would Apple be doing that? The goodness of its heart? Is there some other reason behind it? Buying goodwill, being a good corporate citizen, right? That's what we're to believe. Is that it? Or does it buy them something? I'd suspect it probably buys them something. But that's just just speculation on my part. Now, what is not speculation is 
Rowena Patton's ability to get your house sold quickly and for more money. Call Rowena Patton, her phone number, 828-333-4483. That's 333-4483. Her website is mountainhomehunt.com, and uh, she and her team will get right to work selling your house. They outsell 99% of the realtors in the entire state if you're looking to buy a home. Uh, She has homes in all price points if you're looking to sell. She has buyers already lined up. It's a marketing deal. This is the whole point. This is when you are selling homes it's marketing how do you position that house to get the most amount of people to see it so the right person finds that house that's what it's all about and she has built a marketing system that is unparalleled okay go to mountainhomehunt.com 828-333-4483 give her a call tell her you heard it here on the show by the way and then start packing now one of my other problems with this deal between North Carolina and Apple, you know, this big announcement, a billion dollar investment, 3000 people going to be working here, 180 something thousand average minimum salary. Um all great news, great news, great news. Yeah, except for the fact that it's Apple. That it's Apple. You know, Apple is in business with the communist Chinese party and the slave labor camps that they employ to produce stuff for products sold by Apple, used by Apple. That's a problem to me. So what exactly are they buying with their hundreds of millions of dollars in slush, I'm sorry, uh, in uh, bribes, I mean, uh, initiatives, uh, funding initiatives. What are they buying? What kind of goodwill, what kind of press are they buying? And what are they, what are they helping to avoid, right? Or hoping to avoid, I should say. What kind of press do they hope to avoid? Did anybody think to ask, like, how about this question? Um, Hey, in August, uh, Apple, according to The Guardian, Apple uh, was reportedly importing clothing, probably uniforms for its staff at their stores, from a company that faces U.S. sanctions over forced labor at a subsidiary firm in China's western Xinjiang region. The details come a week after Apple's chief executive, Tim Cook, told the U.S. Congress he would not tolerate forced labor or modern day slavery in the company's supply chains. An Apple spokesman said the company had confirmed none of its suppliers currently sourced the cotton from this region, but declined to comment on whether they had done so in the past. The U.S. government back in July imposed sanctions on a company called Changji Esquel Textile a unit of the Hong Kong garment group Esquel, along with 10 other Chinese companies for alleged human rights violations in that Xinjiang region, including forced labor. Or how about this? Uh, Nobody asked that question, by the way. How about this question? Um, Hey, is Apple lobbying against a bill in Congress that is aimed at stopping forced labor in China altogether? The Washington Post reported this in November. What Apple would like is we all just sit and talk and not have any real consequences, said Kathy Feingold, the director of the International Department for the AFL-CIO, which supports this bill. Quote, they're shocked because it's the first time where there could be some actual effective enforceability. Now, Apple spokesperson Josh Rosenstock said that the company, quote, is dedicated to ensuring that everyone in our supply chain is treated with dignity and respect. We abhor forced labor and support the goals of the Uyghur Forced Labor Prevention Act. We share the committee's goal of eradicating forced labor and strengthening U.S. law. And we will continue working with them to achieve that. He said the company earlier this year conducted a detailed investigation with their suppliers in China and found no evidence of forced labor on Apple's 
production lines, and we continue to monitor this closely. Now, this bill in Congress would make it more difficult for U.S. companies to ignore abuses taking place in China, and it would give U.S. authorities more power to enforce the law. One provision in the bill requires public companies to certify to the SEC that their products are not made using forced labor from Xinjiang, China. If companies are found to have used forced forced labor from the region, they could be prosecuted for securities violations. This is what Apple is trying to water down. Um, With an estimated one to two million people placed in camps, human rights groups have called the situation in Xinjiang a cultural genocide. China's government has disputed the characterization of the program as camps, saying they were vocational training centers to reform minor criminals. That's what they're just they're just re-education facilities not brought up at the press conference celebrating Apple. Or how about this one? This is from December. Uyghur slaves forced to work in Apple suppliers factory. This is from the National Legal and Policy Center uh, quoting the Tech Transparency Project, revealing that documents indicate the Chinese government is transporting involuntary laborers from the region of Xinjiang where Uyghurs have been reportedly abused and undergo re-education to learn fealty to the communists. Uh, They're bringing them to a lens technology factory in Hunan province, Hunan province in central China, uh, which is uh, where they make the, the lens Apple uses the, uh, the lens technology uh, for its iPhones. So no, that, that, that question wasn't raised. This is the inherent problem though. When you, when you deal with the communists, this isn't even about Chinese, right? They're, they're communists. This is what the Communist Party of China is doing. And look, I understand like this is a it's a difficult thing when you are this massive company like uh, Apple and they've got, you know, hundreds of of, uh, you know, suppliers and or probably thousands, you know, that make uh, make parts and uh, and supply these manufacturing facilities all over the world. How do you know that every single component is made from, you know, material that was you know, gathered humanely, right? How do you know all of that? Well, here's a pretty good bet. If you're dealing with China, chances are no, it's not. <laughs> that's that's just a good rule of thumb. If you're working with the Chinese, you have to assume that there is coercive efforts being used in their labor supply. Why? Because they're communists. It's kind of their jam. They've been doing it for decades. This is my other problem with this deal. You're putting North Carolina in bed with a company that is in bed with China, with communists. And if you think that they don't make decisions based on that relationship, you're crazy. So Senate President Pro Tem Phil Berger credited the work the GOP legislature has done since taking control of the General Assembly back in 2011. There's no question North Carolina is the best state in the country to live, to work, and to do business. We've worked to move North Carolina from the bottom of the pack in business climate ratings to near the top. That Apple chose North Carolina as the location for its first new American campus in many years is a testament to the success of that work. After all, there's a reason this transformative project isn't happening somewhere else. We've spent 10 years enacting responsible budgets, 
lowering taxes, and making regulations reasonable, the winning formula for job creation. That formula, combined with education reforms and funding, is attractive to job creators, big and small. Today, that job creator happens to be the biggest company in the world. Importantly, the footprint of this very large investment will be felt across the state of North Carolina. Rural counties that surround Wake will benefit from the massive economic effects Apple's new business, new campus will generate. And by the rules of our state's economic incentive program, more than $100 million will be directed to the state's utility account, which funds improvements to infrastructure in Tier 1 and Tier 2 counties. New tax revenue generated by Apple's new campus and the high-paying jobs that come with it will help fund schools, colleges, roads, and bridges from the mountains to the coast. And political campaigns. <laughs> and political campaigns, yes. They'll fund those as well. <laughs> uh, here's something you could think about funding some uh, North Carolina farms by, uh, by getting CBD products from Grower's Hemp. North Carolina farmers created this company, Growers Hemp, and you can pick up the full spectrum hemp extract. Go to growershemp.com. Use my name, Pete. Get 20% off the promo code Pete at checkout. Growers Hemp. Uh, they control the process from seed to shelf. Uh, that means better quality, lower price. And of course, uh, you're helping local farmers. They've got topicals as well, so not just the CBD drops. Uh, as with all CBD products, here's the official disclaimer. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. The efficacy of these products has not been confirmed by FDA-approved research. And these products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Nothing I've said is meant as a substitute for or alternative to information from your healthcare provider. So consult your healthcare professional about potential interactions or other possible complications before using any product. Go to growershemp.com, promo code PETE for 20% off. Growers Hemp is about the hemp and not the hype. Now, kudos to the reporter, the North Carolina public radio reporter, who asked the but-for question at this press conference, the but-for question, which is, um, how do you know that this project would not have located here but for the incentive package, right? There is an assumption that the project does not get done but for the offer of the incentives. I believe these companies look at the whole landscape when making decisions on whether to come somewhere. Mm -hmm. Incentives are part of it. And most states, when they would attract a company like this, would have incentives. So other states were offering incentives too. But this company looks at everything. And with our workforce, our university system, the fact that we are a center, a center for innovation, uh, I believe that they picked us for a lot of those reasons, our commitment to diversity and inclusion. I do think it was important to have these transformational incentives. I think in the past, North Carolina may have missed out on some of these because we didn't have one. And it's why the legislature and I, we worked together to put together these transformational incentives. And remember, they are accountable incentives. They don't get anything until they create these jobs and make sure that people are employed. Now, this announcement is part of Apple's national plan. CNN had a write-up on this. Apple is uh, doubling down on its manufacturing presence in America. The company announced that it's, this was a couple days ago, announced that uh, it's bolstering um, a previously announced investments, 
um, adding 20,000 new jobs, adding another 20,000 new jobs, right? The company said that its investment now uh, is $430 billion. It comes as its contributions have, quote, significantly outpaced its original 2018 commitment of $350 billion to new facilities and the creation of 20,000 new jobs. The fresh investment stretches across 9,000 companies in all 50 states, supporting new technology, including 5G and silicon engineering. Apple said the 20,000 new jobs, uh, in addition to the uh, the 20,000 that they had already previously committed, so 40,000 total, is going to be added over the next five years. The company already has 147,000 employees. This is a massive, massive operation. And uh, now they're going to have a role in our North Carolina politics. So, yay. <laughs> Who do you think is going to get all the campaign money? Anyway, we'll be watching that in the future. Now, all of this um, this connection to China brings. Um, as I was reading through the stuff with Apple and uh, looking into their you know their record, um, it reminded me of a piece that I read a couple months ago at uh, Tablet Magazine by Lee Smith. It's called "The Thirty Tyrants," and he says in Chapter Five of The Prince, Niccolo Machiavelli describes three options for how a conquering power might best treat those that it has defeated in war, right? So, and he's talking about um, the Machiavelli, the Prince book, where he talks about Sparta uh, conquering Athens. And so what do you do with this society once you beat them, right? So you got a, you got three options, according to Machiavelli. You got, uh, you can ruin them, right? Just completely obliterate them, destroy them, salt the earth, like all of that, right? Like Carthage, for example. Um, the second is to rule them directly, right? You put your people in place, you take them over. This is our nation now. You're part of us, right? Or the third way is to create therein a state of the few, which might keep it friendly to you. And this is where the 30 tyrants come into play, because he gives the example of Sparta after it beat Athens in, uh, you know, 27 years of war back in like 404 B.C. for the upper caste of the uh, of this Athenian elite. So Athens gets beat. Right. But there's the upper class, this ruling class. They were already contemptuous of the Athenian democracy. They didn't like it. The city's defeat in the Peloponnesian War confirmed this for them, that this was the wrong uh, system of government. And they actually preferred what Sparta had. And so when Sparta won, they were like, see, that's what we should have. Sparta uh, was a you know military aristocracy that ruled over a permanent servant class called the the Helots or the Helots. I'm not sure how they pronounced it. Wasn't alive back then. Um, anyway, these Helots were periodically slaughtered to condition them to accept their subhuman status think about that as a society just you know every now and again you just walk around just murdering a bunch of people just to make sure they know their place so this is what the athenian aristocracy the elites in athens after they got beat by sparta they were like that's what we need to have done here this is the kind of uh, system that Sparta does, we should replicate it here. So Athenian democracy gave too much power to these low-born people, 
So the pro-Sparta oligarchy used the Sparta victory to undo the rights of the citizens. And then this oligarchy, the 30 tyrants, they began settling scores with their domestic rivals. They would exile people. They would execute people. They would take their wealth. The Athenian government that was disloyal to Athens' laws and contemptuous of its traditions was known as the 30 tyrants. And understanding its role and function helps explain what's happening in America today. He says, for my last column, I spoke with the New York Times. This, By the way, this piece is a massive piece at tabletmagazine.org, and I'm only going to give you this, like the very beginning of it because it's like 10 pages. Um, he starts off by talking about how uh, he did this interview with Thomas Friedman, the New York Times columnist, and an article that he wrote over a decade ago during the first year of, of the Obama presidency. Uh, this piece documented the exact moment when the American elite decided that democracy wasn't really working for them, blaming the Republican Party for preventing them from running roughshod over the American public, they migrated over to the Democratic Party in the hopes of strengthening the relationships that were making them rich. A trade consultant told Friedman, quote, the need to compete in a globalized world has forced the meritocracy, the multinational corporate manager, the Eastern financier, and the technology entrepreneur to reconsider what the Republican Republican Party has to offer. In principle, they have left the party, leaving behind not a pragmatic coalition, but a group of ideological naysayers. End quote. Okay, that's what a trade consultant said at the time. Uh, Lee Smith goes on to say that in more than 10 years since that column was published, the disenchanted elite that the Times columnist identified has further impoverished American workers while enriching themselves. The one word motto they came to live by was globalism. That is, the freedom to structure commercial relationships and social enterprises without reference to the well-being of the particular society in which they happen to make their livings and raise their children. By the way, this is also a much easier thing to do. It's much easier to abandon a society if you believe that it is inherently systemically racist, right? Then you owe it no allegiance. China's acceptance into the World Trade Organization in 2001 um, gave the Chinese Communist Party their source of power, their wealth, and prestige. So why did the American policymakers and corporate class, why did they trade with an authoritarian regime and send millions of American manufacturing jobs off to China and impoverished working Americans? Why? It made them rich. Returning those jobs to America, along with ending foreign wars and illegal immigration, these were the core policy promises of Donald Trump's presidency and the source of his surprise victory in 2016. Trump's incessant attacks on the elite gave them collective self-awareness, though. They now realize, like, they are, they, they are all in this together, the elites, right, the 30 tyrants, right? It's also a powerful motivation for solidarity among them. Together, they saw that they represented a nexus of public and private sector interests that shared not only the same prejudices and hatreds, cultural tastes, consumer habits, but also the same center of gravity, the U.S.-China relationship. And so the China class was born. That's what he calls it, the China class. The 30 tyrants in America, because there's more than 30 of them, it's the China class. Connections that might have once seemed tenuous or non-existent now became very clear under the light of Trump's scorn and the reciprocal scorn of the elite that loathed him. A decade ago, nobody would have put, you know, NBA superstar LeBron James and 
Apple CEO Tim Cook in the same family album, but here they are now, right? Linked by their fantastic wealth owing to cheap Chinese manufacturing and a growing Chinese consumer market. Because of Trump's pressure on these Americans who benefited the most from this Chinese relationship, these strange bedfellows acquired what Marxists call, Marxists call class consciousness, right? They become aware that, hey, look at us, we're all in one class, we're all one group, and they join together to fight back, further cementing their relationships with their Chinese patrons. United now, these disparate American institutions lost any sense of circumspection or shame about cashing checks from the Chinese Communist Party, no matter what horrors the communists visited on the prisoners of its slave labor camps, and no matter what threat China's spy services and the People's Liberation Army might pose to American national security. Think tanks and research institutions um, you know, were gorging themselves on Chinese money. Brookings Institution had no scruples about publishing a report that was funded by Chinese telecom company Huawei, which praised Huawei technology. No problem whatsoever. But if Donald Trump saw decoupling the U.S. from China as a way to dismantle the oligarchy that hated him and sent American jobs abroad, he could not follow through on that vision. He failed to staff and prepare to win the war that he asked Americans to elect him to fight. That is so true. Like he identified it, he got people uh, on board with the fight, and then failed to to adequately fight it. And I know that a lot of Trump supporters are going to deny that, but that's where we are. That's where we are. And um, I've got it linked up, by the way, at the prep sheet over at the Patreon account that is available for patrons of the program. Examples, one is called The Conquest of Hollywood. Another is U.S. Scientists Feared Compromised by China. Um, like... We better wake up to what China is doing in all facets of our society, and we better wake up to the China class and who is in it. Who are our 30 tyrants? That's a wrap for the episode. Thanks so much for listening. I appreciate it. Remember, go to thepetecalendarshow.com and subscribe. Think about becoming a patron. Thank you very much for the support, for listening to the show, and we'll talk with you later. Don't break anything while I'm gone.